Polly and Fam, and welcome to Talk Your Polly Off, presented by ilovepolly.org. This is your podcast for ethically navigating your relationships, your community, and yourself for a healthier and happier lifestyle. This is Bella Doll. She is my sunshine full of giggles. And this is Joshua Monsuda, the logic to my emotion and the chaos to my order. So now you know us. Pull up a seat and let's talk our poly off. Hello, Polyam fam, and welcome to Talk Your Poly Off. I'm Monsuda. And I'm Bella. We're coming at you from the bedroom. Sexy time. (laughs) Except it's not sexy time. (laughs) Every time that we're in bed together is sexy time. But we had an idea, or I guess a few ideas, for today's episode. We are a relationship podcast, and we often talk about generalizations of things to help relationships. So we thought we would shoot some of our personal stuff out here for our relationships and how we've worked for us because oftentimes like I don't work as well with generalizations as I do when I have something personable and relatable right right and so we're kind of putting ourselves on display things that have worked for us right but first yes how was your day yesterday (laughs) I had a fantastic day yesterday we decided to go I guess you decided to take me on a road trip day yeah and so we went exploring through some of the state of Washington and got to see some beautiful scenery and a whole bunch of animals yeah Uh, it was so much fun and um, we saw deer and elk and all sorts of stuff I was really waiting for a bear to cross the road, but I guess it's August. It's not like it's spring and coming out of hibernation. So they were off doing their thing. Doing bear stuff. Doing bear stuff. In the woods. Scratching their back on a tree. So yeah, so we did road trip day and it was super fun. And then we ended with some friends and had a couple drinks and then came home and it was like one in the morning, something like that. Yeah, we got home kind of late. We covered a lot of ground yesterday. I was actually thinking about it this morning. And for a single day trip, Mm -hmm. we covered a lot of miles. We drove like eight hours or something like that. Yeah. Yep. But it was good. And I got to show you this one road I was on one time. (laughs) And years later, I still remember it. And it was nice to be able to go back to it. And find it. Yeah. And share it with somebody who hasn't seen it before. So I'm really glad we got to do that. Yeah. And it was really cool. Like those two deer Mm -hmm. right at the top of the mountain. Yeah. That didn't mind as long as we didn't get too close. They're still like, all right, we'll hang out. Yeah. Those those guys were fun. I liked the two elk that were eating apples in the guy's front yard. And then he was throwing the ball for his dogs. Oh, right. The dogs were just running around the elk legs. Yeah. So this was on our way back. And we got back down the mountain, and we're back into civilization a little bit. Well, I don't even... We were, like, in the valley of the mountain, and there was, like, this little mountain town. It was so weird. It was like we were in the mountain, but not. (laughs) Right. We were between the mountains. Yeah. Like cleavage. (laughs) Mother Earth's cleavage. (laughs) true. Right. And they're they're just... And they're... They were big they were elk. so big. Like, I come from Wyoming, and those were still pretty good size elk. Yeah. Yeah. Like, elk in Wyoming are steroids, and they're like space elk. They're giant, <laughs> monstrous behemoths. These elk were still pretty big. Right. Yeah. Right. And so the male elk, mm-hmm. I kind of enjoyed watching. Like, he, he reached up and was taking apples from pretty high in the yeah. tree. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of cool to see. That was really cool. It was like a giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> With some giant horns. Yeah. Antlers. It was funny. It was good. Yeah. And in that one oddity shop, I really want to go oh, back yeah. to. That was a cute little place. Yeah. It really was. And that wasn't that far out, so it'd be no. easy to go back to. Yeah. I want to yeah. pick up a couple of things. So it was a good day. We went adventuring and uh, got back late and had a fantastic time. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? Today, what we're going to talk about is we're going to come up with a list 
each of five mm-hmm. different personal development skills we have personally gained yeah. or worked on to improve our relationships. Okay. I know personal development in general is a huge thing for me. And I mean, some people get think it's a little woo-woo for them, but I think we all do better in life when we work on ourselves and, and grow. I don't I don't think there's anything about personal development that's woo-woo. <laughs> I, I feel like you're talking about like new age yeah, well, I mean, I and guess mysticism and stuff when you say woo-woo. A little bit, yeah. But I think some people, at least that's what I've encountered, uh, you know, they just go through life learning lessons as they learn them, but don't intentionally focus on growing as a person. Okay. I get that. So like... Growing up with the atmosphere with which I was growing, Mm -hmm. you know, for my life, there was a lot of, oh, you hurt yourself, suck it up, just keep going. Like, don't complain about your problems, don't talk about your problems, just deal with it. You broke your arm, wrap that shit up and get back to work. (laughs) Get back to it. So I get that to Mm. a degree what you're talking about. The people... Thinking that it's all whatever. Yeah. I don't know what else to call it, so woo woo was what came to mind. No, that's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> With that said, as I've grown and I've learned things on my own, mm-hmm. I still do have a lot of that mentality of like, I'm just going to deal with it, whatever life throws at me, I've got it, whatever, right? I'll handle the hardship because that's what I've done. I've, I've taken care of myself. A lot through my life. Yeah. When no one else would or could. Yeah. But because of that, I think that for me, I am paying attention to what does work and what doesn't work. The intentional growth that you're talking about. And sometimes just taking the time to pay attention to these personal growth things is super important. And it doesn't mean that you can't just wrap that broken arm and move on. But it also says you're paying attention to how you're wrapping that broken arm and how you're moving on. Right. So I think whether you think it's woo-woo or not, it's going to be good for you. Yeah. So I'll I'll even start. Okay. To give us time. Number five on my list, Mm -hmm. which should probably actually be higher, but it's the last one I wrote down. Yeah, I didn't really rank mine. I, I kind of did. I mean, in my thought process, whatever comes to mind first is the most important. Yeah. But for some reason, this one just slipped through the cracks. So here it is at number five. Mm -hmm. Guilt management. Mm, That's a good one. I personally don't like upsetting other people that I care about. Mm -hmm. And as a caregiver type, I generally try to take care of other people. Right. And when I don't feel like I have succeeded or that... I've lived up to my expectations of care. I feel guilty that I didn't do more or that I couldn't do more. And a lot of times it's that guilt that causes me like a a bit of personal anguish. Mm -hmm. And it's that guilt that makes me feel like less of a person. Right. So the guilt management is me acknowledging that in a certain situation, I did the best I could, and that's okay. Or, I did the best I could, and I'm just going to trust that my partner is happy with that, and until she communicates otherwise, it's okay. Right. The guilt management is a hard thing for me to process, because I don't like letting people down, and I don't like not living up to expectations, Even if it's an expectation I personally set without communicating. Right. I was going to say, you've got some pretty high expectations of yourself. Right. It's not even on somebody else or someone else's expectations of you. It's what you think you should be doing to that level. Right. So when you don't perform to that level or whatever emotionally, you feel like you've let someone down. Even though you didn't actually let them down, you've internalized it. Right. And then what that does to the relationship 
is then I start giving myself that negative self-talk. Like, yeah. I'm not good enough. I'm not treating this partner right. Or you could do better than me. How many times have I told oh, you so that? so many times. I'm like, <laughs> shh, just shush. But that's a thing. And that's that's rooted a lot in guilt. Yeah. And personal expectations of how to deal with others. And that's one of the big things that I've been struggling with. So that I've been putting a lot of effort into managing and it's only been in the last couple of months that I've made any real good strides in this direction. Yeah. Because I felt like I need to have this guilt to keep me on a certain level. And that's kind of a shitty way to think about it. Like, you don't need your self-talk to keep you humble. Yeah. Like right. That, that's crap. You don't need to go through life beating yourself up on the daily. Right. You know? So what do you got? I talked a lot about right. that first one. Well, my number five, and for me, I didn't put these in any sort of order. It was just kind of as they came to me. Uh, and this is a big one that I think has helped me a lot in general, but definitely in romantic relationships. Um, and that's understanding how to set my personal boundaries. So I come from a big family. I'm pretty bossy. I like things done my way. And I delegate delegate like a champ i'm really good at telling everybody what to do <laughs> did you notice how i didn't even laugh or make any comment? <laughs> so i'm real i've over the years just learned and adapted based on environments that i've been in um that i tend to take charge and i again like to tell everyone what to do and how to do it when they're not doing it right and so <laughs> i was trying you couldn't hold trying. that giggle back and so over the last couple of years, and you know, we've really focused on it in the last six months or so, instead of externally telling everyone, you can't do this or don't do it that way, I've tried and been working on setting my personal boundaries. You can do what you want, but for me, here's the line, my boundary is here, and if you cross it, this is the action I'm gonna take. So instead of telling my mom, you know, Hey, don't talk about my weight. You can't talk about my weight. It's not going to come up. Because, you know, she's a little set in her ways, and I don't think she's really ever going to change who she is. Right. Instead, my boundary is, if you talk about my weight, I'm going to leave the conversation. Whether it's on the phone, on the phone I'm going to say goodbye and hang up. Or if it's in person, I'm going to leave the room. So, if you do this, this is what I'm going to do. As soon as okay. you cross that line and that boundary I have set for my own personal sanity, I'm going to take an action to remove myself from it. Okay. So then my question for you mm -hmm. is you were talking about how to set your personal boundaries, mm -hmm. but you prefaced a lot of that with <laughs> how you control things. Right. So where's the connection? What's what's the correlation specifically? Here? Is that I'm not trying to control them. I'm controlling my own personal space and boundaries. So do you feel like previously in your life, in a way to establish your boundaries, it was an attempt to affect how other people do things? Probably. Um, so putting it into like relationship structures. Okay. Okay. Um, if I'm in a couple and I'm starting to open up my relationship and I'm dating, right? Mm -hmm. um, I put a lot of rules, as most people do. You can't sleep with someone else without um, telling me first. Like, I have to know and vet the person. Or you can't do this. You can't sleep over there until I approve. Okay. Um, you can't have unprotected sex. You can't do these things. I'm putting rules on you. Or rules on our relationship. Instead of simply saying... Hey, for my own sanity and benefit and health or whatever, you can do whatever you're going to do. But if you go have unprotected sex, we're going to have protected sex until it's a, a clean test result comes back. Okay. So, so instead of outwardly controlling everyone, uh -huh. I've turned it inward. And I've worked on um, setting a safe space for myself. Okay, that... That clarifies that, that a lot them. for me. Yeah, that was really good. So what's up next for you? Jumping up to number four on my list is making the time to process before handling 
specific issues. Well, that's such a good one. Or specifically strenuous issues. Mm -hmm. I have historically been moderately reactionary. I, I'm pretty good at thinking and acting on the fly. And I can usually manage to affect a positive outcome, even if it comes through a little bit of hardship. So for me, making time to process before handling an issue could be any range of things from determining, do I want to turn right or do I want to turn left and processing what's going to go on from there, right? Or it could be as detailed as there's a major cataclysmic relationship issue that if I try to handle it while I'm feeling all these emotions, then chances are, because maybe I'm being hurt or angered or negatively affected by the situation, mm -hmm. that I'm going to return by meeting force with force. Like, right. if I'm feeling hurt, I'm going to project my hurt. And that doesn't work well for anybody that right. I've ever seen, <laughs> right? And as a person who is afflicted with impulsivity, <laughs> it has not been uncommon in my life for me to react before thinking about it. Right. And that hasn't always done me the best. It's super fun. Oh, you've never experienced it for me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's tough. It's yeah. genuinely tough because if I were to resonate with most human beings on the planet, I would say that no one likes getting hurt. Right. No one likes having their feelings hurt. And a great portion of humans, when their feelings are hurt, they want to repay that. They lash out and they want to hurt you back. Right. And it takes a lot of work not to want to return the favor. Yeah. I know that comes up just in online interactions for me. Oh, jeez. So I get it. Like, Let's not talk no. about online because that's where people take yeah. the least amount of accountability. <laughs> and that's where they act like the biggest dicks. <laughs> so in that instance or that situation, making the time to process what you're feeling to the best of your ability... If that means that you tell your partner, hey, that really hurt. Uh, I need I need some time. I need a little yeah. bit of time. Take that time and work through it. And as a partner, if someone, if your partner comes to you and does ask for that, one of the best things you can show for compassion is to give that time. Even if in the moment you're like, oh, I got to fix this. I got to pounce on the problem. The best way to fix it is to actually provide them the time they asked for because they know what they're needing right now. Right. Like, I would know what I'm needing. Right. If I need to process something, whether it's a couple of minutes or a couple of days. Yeah, give me the time. I need the time. And it doesn't mean that I hate you in that time. It doesn't mean that I want bad things to happen to you in that time. It just means I need that time. To sit down and sort through what I'm feeling. Right. Because when I've done this, when I've processed, no matter how long, and you know that mm -hmm. I've taken a couple of days sometimes. Mm -hmm. When I process it, and I'm not just like, well, she did this, and she did that. <laughs> when I'm actually like, oh shit, I did this. And I, did. <laughs> I can personally go through and be like, well, okay, that was an extreme reaction on my part. Or this is still a valid feeling I have about what you did. Yeah. And after I've worked it all out, we can come back together and have a mature conversation about the things that have been processed. Right. And because you know that I'm taking time to process this situation, I'm also affording you the time to process that situation. Right. So that we both get to come in with whatever time we needed to work on the issue at hand well and really that the idea and the fact that you're taking the time um, is usually a positive feeling for me mm -hmm. because it means that you value the relationship and whatnot enough that you don't want to just fuck it up and blow up and be like i'm done with you because of right. this thing you actually care enough to say hold up stop let me take a minute right you know 
And that's, that's a great way of looking at it from the partner's side that isn't needing the time yeah. or didn't ask for the time is what you just said. If you can realize that they're doing it because they care that much. Well, it doesn't come easy. Like at first in the beginning, it's it almost feels like, ah, oh, he's just brushing me off. He doesn't care. He's got more important things to do. Mm -hmm. um, he just wants to push this off kind of a thought process behind it hmm. but the more it happens that's when like on my end it's easier to realize you know wait it's it's not that he's brushing me off it's that he cares so much so right. yeah well and this is one of the skills on my list of five mm -hmm. that has been crucial to successful relationships for me yeah 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 what do you got next all right so my number four is so imagine two dials like on an Etch-a-Sketch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so turning up the self-care dial and turning down the people-pleasing dial. Okay. So I'm one of those people that, like you, I don't like to upset people. I don't want to hurt anyone. I've seen that a lot. And so <laughs> I'm going to get a little woo-woo here. And by woo-woo, this time I do mean metaphysical. Okay. Um, I, whether I consider myself an empath or not, I don't know. But I do know that I have really positive, bright energy in general. I yeah. can walk into a room and people feel drawn to me. I've seen it many times. People have told me this. So I radiate the energy. I don't know how to pull it in mm -hmm. um, and dial it down. So because of that, it typically means I have a lot of friends who pull on my energy in one way or another they need things from me or not even need but um i help them in some way yeah maybe i brighten their day or i've got some sort of positivity for them because that's just naturally who i am so i find myself very drained often and it's not that anyone did anything bad it's that i want to make all my people happy right so i'm constantly giving so much of me uh, to try and help people, whether it's even strangers online that I care about because they're part of my overall community, mm -hmm. or whether it's my bestie going through a really hard time and I'm trying to pull her out of a hole. Well, right? there's even times where someone's not asking, and this is what I think is a very common thing, someone's not asking anything specifically of you. Right. But there are so many people that you engage in that you're giving a little bit of yourself to everybody as the day goes on right and so you're you're providing all of your energy that way as right. well and it's not a bad thing but i've had to find the balance uh, because there was a while there um especially early on in our relationship when i was kind of learning about my energy mm -hmm. uh, where i was just drained i was so drained i was trying to make everybody else happy and i was constantly forgetting about me so here a few years later I've learned to dial down that people, and it's not really people pleasing because they don't really ask anything, but I think of it that way. Mm -hmm. Dial down the giving to others so I can turn up giving back to myself. It's the old saying, you can't pour from your cup when your cup is empty. Okay. There's nothing left to give. So you have to pour back into your cup. So how do you pour into your cup? Oh, I've got a few things. Like for me... Um, the outdoors that was part of our trip yesterday was mm -hmm. to kind of recharge so the outdoors and the woods and we've got a poly camping trip coming in a few weeks that I'm super excited about yeah I'm looking forward to that right I mean I could meditate in the woods and just chill and that would be a really good recharge for me I'm also a water baby so getting out into the water getting into a hot tub the pool rivers lakes beach whatever it is uh, digging my feet in the sand at the ocean and just overlooking super recharging for me. Okay. Um, I also really like my me time, my alone time. I know a lot of people when they are in a coupled relationship and their partner goes out on other dates, they kind of panic and they don't know what to do and they need distraction from it. And for me, I've gotten myself to a point where I'm like, so what time are you going? Because I'm really excited for my alone time right now. Just like today. Just like today. After <laughs> after we're done with this, you're heading out to go see your wife. And I'm really excited to get to be by myself for a little bit and do me things. And today it's probably going to be taking care of my succulents. I got a new, on our road trip yesterday, a new Groot 
potted plant thing, like so a Groot pot. And so I'm going to put one of my succulents in Groot's head. And I'm super excited about it. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. So, so, you know, taking care of my plants. And I don't even care if it's binge watching a TV show like Queer Eye that you aren't interested in makeover shows. I love or makeover shows. TV. Yeah. So stuff like that. Uh, coloring. Love to color. Even just cleaning up my room, burning some incense, and relaxing in there. Really good self-care for me. Yeah. Yeah. So what's up? What's next on yours? Number three? Number three. It's one which I think you've already discussed. Oh, did we match up one of ours? Yeah, it's your number five, actually. So my number three is learning and accepting my personal boundaries. Oh, yeah. So... This goes back to my number five, also with guilt management, mm -hmm. is I didn't feel like I deserved personal boundaries. I never have. I've never felt like I deserve to come first. Like they weren't important. Right. Now, I'm totally cool with living in the moment. And in that moment, it looks like I'm putting myself first. I would live a rock star life in a heartbeat. And <laughs> I would own that like a boss right. if I had that. But my issue is I don't allow myself to come first. If I'm in the moment and I'm having a great time and we're throwing a party, it's perceived that I'm just being selfish as fuck. Right. But say we're at a party, we're throwing our party and, and all these people are here and my people are here and I'm drinking and I'm eating. I don't eat a lot when I'm partying. <laughs> just Snacking. having a good time yeah. and, and mingling. And this is in-the-moment stuff. This is just loving it and having it and feeling it. This is where I'm not worried about a single thing in life. Mm -hmm. No worries at all. Totally happy. Complete bliss. Right. If in that party, somebody said, I got a flat tire. I'm going to put my drink down. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go fix their tire. Right. Right? If someone says... I don't like this song. I'm going to change the song because that person doesn't like it. Right. The one person out of 50 at the party. Right. No one else says anything about the song. This one person's like, oh, I don't like that song. Oh, okay. That's cool. We can change it. Yeah. I often put other people's needs before my own. I would probably say that almost always I put other people's needs before my own. Yeah. Because I don't feel like I deserve to have personal boundaries. I don't feel like it's fair for me to say this is what I want right? and be okay with the fact that I'm going to take what I want instead of giving someone else what they want. Yeah. And I've had to spend a lot of work on accepting that I can take what I want. And ask for your wants and needs and desires. Well, I don't... I haven't even fully gotten to that point oh, yet. Oh, okay. This is just me acknowledging and accepting mm. that I can have what I want. Right. And as long as it doesn't hurt somebody else, it's not bad. Right. If I want something, it's not vain. It's not arrogance. It's not selfishness. It's me saying, I'm living a life of mine. Mm -hmm. I'm the main character in my story. And I should be okay with getting stuff. Because if it's not hurting someone else, what's wrong with having stuff? Right. And, and not just stuff, but moments or relationships or feelings right. or boundaries. There are times where I... You know, say I'm really connecting with someone. I'm, I'm really enjoying my time with them. And because I want to show them that I care about them as we're getting along, I allow my boundaries to slip. Right. Or I am willing to ignore as my boundaries are crossed or not specifically state that I have a boundary. Right. And then when that boundary gets violated, I get kind of resentful or I start building negative feelings. Right. And so by by trying to do this, I'm, I'm kind of doing someone a disservice by not saying, hey, I have boundaries here. And then it's not respecting a relationship because I'm not respecting myself. 
And that's that's a hard one I've had to learn. It's taken a lot of time. I'm getting better at it. And then I'm hoping that soon I'll be where you you mentioned, where yeah. you can easily speak. And you can ask for them. And ask for them. Yeah. I'm You'll getting get there. there. I mean, the progress I've made here has mm -hmm. taken a lot of work. Well, and we're working on so many things all the time. It's so funny when you're intentional about growth to look back and make a list like that and be like, oh my God, we work on a lot of things on the daily without realizing all the stuff we're working on. <laughs> right, because I, I just wanted to come up with five of the most heavy hitting things. Yeah. And, and even still now, I'm like, oh geez, should this have been on the list or should I have taken that off? <laughs> right. So what's another one of yours? All right, so number three for me is um, an improved internal monologue. So that to me is working on my thought process, changing my thoughts. Mm -hmm. In a relationship, we uh, we often have a lot of fears and insecurities and things, and those come out in stuff like jealousy and envy, mm -hmm. right? So if you go on a date with somebody else, it's really easy for me to be like, oh, he's going to love her more because she's skinnier, prettier, makes more money or something, right? We're going to compare ourselves. We're going to feel insecure. I'm feeling insecure about my weight. So I'm going to focus on her size. Obviously, she's better than me. <laughs> right? Mm, right. So I'm pulling back from that, working on my own internal monologue of all the positive things about myself, good reasons that you were with me, you know, that I think you're with me. Right. It's not an easy process. Yeah. What? <laughs> You're digging through the covers, and I'm like, what are you looking for under well, there? how you doing? How you doing? I was looking for the pants. <laughs> <laughs> so, for me... But I like the view. <laughs> changing a thought comes in steps, and it's not easy. So, if my first thought is, um, I'm fat, and he wants a skinnier partner. You know, because a skinnier partner can do more adventuring and outdoorsy things with him. Right. Like, okay, crap. I can't just immediately change that thought to something positive. It's it's not like I can go from, I'm fat and lazy to, I'm so skinny and beautiful and sexy, because I'm not going to believe it right away. If I'm stuck in that negative internal monologue, I can't just jump. People are like, oh, just be positive. Right. Sure, bitch. I can't flip a switch like that. It's not that easy. <laughs> right. I got to work on it. So for me, my next step is to find something neutral. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It was like um like He-Man raising his sword. I have the power. <laughs> so anyway. So if I can go from that negative thought to something a little bit more neutral, like um instead of I'm fat and ugly, it's easy to to make the next step and say, I have a strong body. Right? It's a fact. Like, my legs are strong. They carry my my weight every day. Uh, I'm, according to the doctor, healthy. I don't have blood pressure issues and things. So if I can believe and change the thought from I'm fat and ugly to I'm strong and healthy. Yeah. It's neutral. It's not positive. It's just truth. Okay. Strong and healthy. And I can repeat that to myself all the time. Even looking in a mirror, you know. As soon as I start to feel that negative monologue coming on, yeah, nope, I am strong and healthy. And once I believe that, I can make another step up. It's the thought ladder. So you're going from the bottom of the thought ladder where it's negative and shitty to the top where you want to be, where you say, you know, I'm skinny and beautiful or size doesn't matter. I'm still beautiful or whatever the positive is that you want to say. So you work it up one step at a time. So I've gotten better at that. And that ends up reflected in relationships where you might want to give me a compliment. And you're like, my pretty, pretty princess. Or you're so beautiful. And my internal first reaction is, oh, stop. No, you're beautiful. Instead of accepting the compliment and saying thank you and believing it. Which is something you couldn't do in the beginning. Right. I was like, and no. And I had to, a couple of times, be like, look. It was so hard to take compliments. So, yeah. So, over the years, I've been working on that. And 
I think that it's not perfect. Like none of these are perfect. We're all working on them. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's gotten better, and it's helped relationships in general. Where when I am having a down day and I'm not feeling a hundred percent positive and shiny, I can go back to that thought ladder and work on those negative thoughts, that internal monologue. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big deal. And the more you talked about that, the more I was like, shit, comparison should have been on my list. I know, right? There's so many things. (laughs) Comparison's a big one, too. But what do you have for number two? One of the most important aspects of improving relationships that I've found through experience has absolutely been personal accountability. Mm, Yeah. It's really hard to admit that you fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) And this goes with my number one, but we'll get to that. Yeah. But just taking accountability for your own actions, not trying to hold other people accountable for their actions because you can't control other people. But just taking accountability for your own shit. Yeah. Whether it's whether it's something simple or something big. Like at work, if my boss is asking me about a, a, a quantity in inventory that's wrong, if I messed up, I could hide it. I could blame a coworker. Or I could fudge the numbers. But none of that actually fixes it. Right. I've gotten really good at being like, oh, I miscounted. I'll go count again. Yeah. Right? Or, you know, something along that lines. If I forgot to put a screw in a unit and it goes out to the customer and it comes back, you know, they're like, hey, this isn't fully assembled. Whoops. I fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. That hasn't happened in a couple of years. (laughs) Because that's the other advantage of personal accountability is when you admit that you fucked up, you're willing to say, hey, I need to change this. Yeah. So like in that scenario, when I was new to repairing uh, these computer components, mm-hmm. there were two times that I forgot to put screws in the <laughs> unit that hold the front and the back together. I mean, they have clips, right? Yeah. So they stayed together some but I guess the customer got one back and I forgot to put all the screws in the whole case. <laughs> like all the boards inside were mounted. Yeah. But the, the screws holding the back case on were not. <laughs> and the customer sent it back and was like, what the actual fuck? <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, I did that. That was me. And this, you know, this is a couple of years back and I thought, oh, I'm going to get fired. Like, yeah. that's, that's a big deal. That's <laughs> stupid. And... You know, I got a talking to, and I got retrained on it, mm-hmm. which is totally good. It gave me the chance to learn, and in another time, I missed half the screws. Right. Because a certain unit has these four black screws and these six silver screws. Yeah. And, like, I missed the four black screws. Yeah. Whoops. Shit happens. And I got a talking to, and I got retraining, and it got fixed, and I've never done it again. Right. But that's what happens when you take accountability is you admit your problem, you open yourself to be willing to learn, to correct, and you implement what you've learned moving forward. Yep. That's why personal accountability is important. And that goes, like with work, it can also go, obviously, into personal relationships. I think it came up in an episode we did about arguing at the end of an argument. Okay. Where you're acknowledging where you messed up in the argument, in the fight, and in the conflict. I messed up here. This is what I learned from it. And this is how it's going to change going forward. Okay. So that's the same thing. Yeah. It can also be done in a way where I go to do something. I forget that I didn't tell you I was going to do it. And maybe I mess up plans. Or I screw with your expectations. I can admit that I made a mistake. Right. And I can learn from it and I can grow from it. And that's not easy to do at first because you think, oh shit, the whole world's going to come crashing down. But the more you do it and the more you realize that people like when you're willing to admit your faults because then they don't feel crazy or they don't feel like they have to fight about it. 
and they might be more willing to admit their faults. And that's where you learn and you grow. Right. Personal accountability is a huge thing. And it's way better than trying to hold the whole world accountable. You know, well, just take care of yourself. Yeah. And that, I mean, it kind of rolls into my number two, which is coming from a place of compassion. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, going back to the example where you were like, okay, well, what if I made plans and I went after work and did something and didn't tell you? Maybe I was sitting at home assuming and uh-huh. expecting that you'd be coming straight home from work. Instead of later, so you're going to own up to not say anything, I'd probably say, okay, well, shit, I didn't communicate my expectations on it either. But instead of being upset and pissed off that you didn't communicate your side, if I just slow down for a minute and come from a place of understanding and compassion and be like, well, shit, he probably had a really bad day at work. Um, He needed to go do X, Y, and Z, or him and his buddy went to, to blow off some steam after work. Like, I can understand that, and that's... That's okay. Like, people make mistakes. I can be understanding here. Yeah. You know, it's it's remembering that we're all humans, and we all have our own life experiences, and be compassionate for each other. Wait, why isn't that on my list either? I don't know. Why do you keep taking things off my list and putting them on yours? I took nothing off your list. Compassion's huge. <laughs> right? And... Everyone's got their own story. And if we're not thinking about putting ourselves in their shoes, we're just assuming that they're on the attack to hurt us. Right. Well, they've probably got something else going on. Be a little bit more understanding. Yeah. And that can go so far in a relationship. Not even just romantic relationships. In any relationship. But I mean, in general, like we internalize and we assume people are out to get us. But really... Like you mentioned earlier, everyone's living their own life. They are their own main character. Mm -hmm. So if we can find it in our hearts to have a little compassion for whatever they've got going on, just like we would want someone to do for us, I think that makes everything easier in the relationship. But compassion. Compassion is key, I think, in relationships. I agree. Yeah. And your number one... That brings me to number one... (laughs) Let's get ready to rumble. This is something that I've worked on more in my life than anything else. Yeah. This is something, if I could have people learn to affect one thing about their lives and one thing only, it would be your ego. Oh, yeah. The ego is the biggest killer for happiness in a lot of a person's life. And this is just talking from personal experience and from what I've watched others have to go through. Your ego, it's okay to be cool with yourself. It's okay to be one with yourself, right? It's okay to be proud of yourself. Yeah, That's not ego. Not in my view. My view is ego is the thought process that you generate to kind of create a shield around like insecurities or perceived flaws or that sort of thing. It's the thing that keeps you big and bad and tough and ready to rumble when in reality you're just a scared, screaming little child. Right. Right? Your ego is your armor. Mm-hmm. And again, I mean, this isn't a psychology podcast. This isn't a mental counseling podcast. Right. If you're looking for psychology and if you're looking for clinical definitions and meanings, find that. I encourage a Google search. Yeah. I'm talking from personal experience. Right. For me, the ego is the way to protect yourself from being hurt emotionally. Mm-hmm. So if you tell yourself, that you are king shit and you are super cool and everyone loves you, even if it's all fake, you're doing it to protect the one part of you that this thing is going to hurt you for. Right. Right? The, the problem with armor, the problem with protecting your sensitive areas mm-hmm. is that you don't allow that area... To grow and to develop and to toughen up. It's stuck behind the armor. Right. 
it's stuck behind the armor. It's not exposed to the arrows of truth. <laughs> so it never learns how to get better. Right. And if I were to think back to raising my children, mm -hmm. when they were little and they'd get hurt, like say they get a tiny little scratch that maybe puts out one drop of blood. Mm hmm and they're screaming bloody murder. Right. Because they see that one drop of blood. And you clean it, and they're still like, I'm gonna die! Right. As a parent, sometimes, to get them to stop screaming in your face, <laughs> you put a Band-Aid on it. Mm -hmm. And you're like, look, now you have a Band-Aid on it. And they feel better <laughs> because that Band-Aid just saved their life. Right. And so they brandish that band-aid to anyone that asks, look, this is where I cut myself. Look, this is where Fluffy the kitten attacked me. Look. <laughs> <laughs> and they won't take that band-aid off for days. Right. They'll hold their hand outside of the bath because <laughs> they got to protect that band-aid. Oh, my goodness. That band-aid is the ego, mm -hmm. right? That band-aid is stopping that wound from doing what it needs to do to heal properly. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, your ego is the band-aid that stops you from seeing that one tiny little drop of blood. Right. It stops you from growing. And I believe what has helped me is ripping off that band-aid, getting rid of that ego. Oh, that's so exposed. And being so exposed. <laughs> it's not easy. Especially... When all those arrows of truth are coming at you and you don't have the armor to protect yourself, like you just got to take those hits. When your ego gets in the way, you stop yourself from being able to grow and learn. Deflect everything. And if yeah. <laughs> and if you're trying to grow and learn with a person, you need to be able to be exposed with that person. Yeah. So for me, killing the ego, that was the biggest thing mm -hmm. and continues to be the biggest thing in my life. How's your number one? Numero uno. The first thing that comes up typically in polycircle conversations is like, oh, what's the biggest thing you've learned? Oh, communication. We've had an episode on communication. Everybody talks about communication. But for me, it's direct intentional communication. Okay. Right? So it's taking everything we've learned and taking our expectations and our assumptions and being so overly directly communic I'm hitting you as I talk. That's okay. Directly communicative. <laughs> directly that, communicating. Yes, that we it's hard to misunderstand someone because there's so much information. Right? So we gave the example earlier about um you not coming home from work right away. Right. Maybe you have a date, maybe you go off with a coworker. Uh, maybe you're just going grocery shopping or running errands, right. but you didn't tell me what was going on. Right. Well, and I'm not as big a planner as you are, so there are times where, impulsively, right, I'll run out and do this. So this isn't just this isn't just a hypothetical thing. This has happened a couple this of happens. times. Yeah. Uh, but you know, and my gut reaction is to be mad at you because you didn't communicate. Uh -huh. But what I mean by direct intentional communication too is, unless I'm throwing a surprise party. For you, unless mm -hmm. there's some big surprise thing happening. Or oh, are you throwing a surprise party for what? me? What? I can't wait. Totes. <laughs> I also need to be direct in my what I'm expecting. You know, hey, I've I'd like to do this after work. What are you planning? Or asking directly, hey, I'd really like to know by noon what your plans are, uh, so uh -huh. that way I can make my plans and let you know them. So being specific and direct and intentional with it what am i looking to get out of this conversation let's talk about what's going on for the week in our kitchen table talk planning great what's the goal goal is to figure out you know meal plans and social plans and financial, financial plans. plans and business plans and then communicating to those points you know sure we get off track and we get distracted but being very direct in it. Oh, yeah. you're seeing someone new. You know, instead of just, how's it going? Is there something I'm really fishing for? Is there something I want to know? Ask it directly. You know, do you see this becoming a sexual relationship? 
do you see this being a long-term thing or is this a little bit more casual? Uh, if I'm fishing for something, I'm probably not going to get the information that I seek and you're not going to know how to communicate back to me either. Well, and then that's another thing is that when I feel like you're fishing for something, that irritates the shit out of me. Right. I think it would irritate anybody. Right. What are you getting at? Right. Why don't you just ask me what you want to ask me? Right. And you're really good at just being direct and saying, hey, I would like to know this thing. Yeah. And that makes it easier for me because then I don't get agitated. All right. Just ask your question. And it kind of goes back to, oh, what was one of yours? Personal Being accountable. Yeah. People are afraid to be like, oh, I fucked up. Because they think something catastrophic is going to happen. Some big, bad punishment for right. it or something like right. that. Um, you know, so it's the same kind of thought with direct communication. We kind of dance around things because if I don't say what I want to say, then maybe he won't be mad at me. So then we kind of do that, like, dance around. Uh, maybe another situation. Hey, I got asked out on a date, and I'm I'm going to go on Tuesday out to karaoke or something. You or know? did you get asked out on a date? No! <laughs> no! I have no date! But instead of, you know, hey, maybe, kind of, sort of, do you think we have plans... Because I might have something on Tuesday. That's not good communication. Uh, so that's what I mean by direct and intentional. Mm -hmm. like, get to the point. Don't be shy. Say what you want to say. Mean what you want to mean. So I, I do agree with that completely. There are two points. Yes. One, at what point is direct communication coming off as bossiness? And how do you combat that? Because it's not always telling someone what to do. It can also be your own. So even if, like, I'm thinking of having plans on Tuesday, but it's not really set yet, mm -hmm. being direct and be like, hey, I had a conversation with so-and-so, and I'd really like to go out to karaoke on Tuesday. Plans aren't set yet because we don't quite know scheduling-wise what's going on. But just so you know, this is kind of what I'm looking to do, or this is what I would hope to do. Okay, that's that's great. But what about that part, like, let's just say my side. Yeah. Here's here's my question is, so I see that you have been talking to so-and-so. How is that going? What is your intention with that relationship? Mm -hmm. Or, so, what is your intention with this person? How far do you guys plan on going? I think Tone has How far has he gone so far? <laughs> tone has to do with it too and I mean if I could have held a mirror to your face right now when you said the first one <laughs> versus when you said the next one and the furrow in your brow went from like so I see you're talking to this person well how's it going and that was all good too how's it going who are you talking to what is happening so but but my question is is you personally internally yeah how do you keep from doing the second example like, have you ever felt like you're, oh, shit, I'm kind of, I'm kind of just being bossy or controlling? I mean, I guess I keep, I don't, I don't want to grill my partner. Right, and I like, think Like, I don't put them under the, under the police spotlight, like they're being questioned in an interrogation room. Mm -hmm. and, and my question is, like, so maybe there are listeners who aren't used to direct communication yeah. because they are afraid of punishments or yeah. repercussions. So how could a person develop those skills? Well, you know what? So, Actually, yeah. I've got a good idea. Okay. So we've listed out five of each of our things. Mm -hmm. What we should do on these lists is fully dive into these things in some upcoming future episodes. Okay. Why don't we do that? And we can save this for that. Okay. We'll, we'll deep dive into some of these topics a little bit more on how we do things and some research to get you some clinical information on stuff from other people. Okay, I think that's a good idea. We'll go with that. Okay. Now that we've determined that... To wrap up. We're getting close to the end. Yes. Or we're probably well past our time. Yes. But we've talked about the, the five skills we've each developed mm -hmm. to grow yep. that we've used... Why don't you just give me a quick list of three things that you would like to improve. You can talk about them as much as you want. Just okay. fire off three things. Three things that I still need to improve. Okay. I am a bit of a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. 
So, and I see I do it at work all the time. So I think I need to tone down my perfectionism a little bit. Everything doesn't have to be perfect. Things can be spontaneous. Well, and it's like, you're dating someone who doesn't plan Oh my well. gosh, I know. So, when I'm like, oh, I want to surprise you with an impulsive trip, and on the trip, I'm like, well, this is kind of the end goal, but in the process, what about this? Oh, and we should stop here. Oh, and like, sidetrack, sidetrack. Well, maybe we should change the goal. And for you, who loves planning, <gasps> it freaks out I'm my anxiety. Crazy. Yeah. Right. So I, okay, I get it. So I dial it. down my perfectionist. Um, while I'm pretty good with my internal dialogue, I do think I still need to work on my negative self-talk a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I still struggle with that probably the most out of a lot of these things. Mm -hmm. So dial down perfectionism, work on my negative self-talk, and then I can also be a little possessive. What? I know. Weird, right? So I need to... Oh, that tickles! Stop drawing on my boob. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to work on my possessiveness. I grew up with three siblings, two of which were close to my age. And of course, you know, it's all about sharing when you're a kid. Now I'm an adult, I don't want to share so easily. <laughs> As an adult, uh, whether it's with partners or with stuff, I don't want my crayons shared. Like I, I have a box of crayons that I share with friends when they want to come over and color. And then I have my colored pencils that nobody is allowed to touch because they're my <laughs> colored pencils. <laughs> so I got to work on my possessiveness. <laughs> what are a few things you need to work on still? I need to work on opening back up. I've, I've closed off. I've gone through a lot of things in my life recently that have been really hard hitting. And because of that, I've, I've kind of become a hermit. I've blocked off. I've walled people away and... Um, you put up walls with the spikes on the outside and then pushed the walls. <laughs> oh, well, that's how we're going to get about it. Yeah, I've, I've gotten a little guarded. And that's not who I am. I, in my life, have, have typically been... The open, loving, boisterous person that people always love having around in the last couple of years, that hasn't been the case. Right. And I just need to open back up. I need to allow myself to be open. I often tell people, love like you've never been hurt. Right. And that's not a philosophy that I'm following, and I don't want to be a hypocrite. Right. So... I, I need to go back to loving like I've never been hurt. And I need to figure out how to do that with all the stuff that I talked about that I have been changing. Right. Adding them in. Right. So, and then on that, uh, I've mentioned a couple of times through this podcast about how I don't plan well. Yeah. I am terrible at planning. I would love to plan better. But because I do have impulsivity <laughs> by the truckload... <laughs> Planning is a little difficult for me. And it also, because of my ADD, I do bounce around. I get too bored too fast. So planning is a big deal. And then assuming, like, because something makes clear sense in my head doesn't mean it makes clear sense <laughs> in someone else's head. And I'm not talking about assuming in the sense of, like, well, I assume this person's going to do this. I'm talking about assuming that I'm being understood correctly. Right. In communication, assuming that people just get what I mean. And they get or, the correct point. Right. They might get a point from it, but it's the wrong point. <laughs> right, right. Just assuming that my communication is coming off clearly and assuming that people do understand parts of my life and why I am why I am. They can't know that if I don't open up. Right. So those are my three things, I guess. Those are good. And then... I'm pretty sure that we went well beyond time here because yeah. what was originally going to be a moderately small <laughs> podcast kind of exploded into a lot of stuff yeah, and left a ton of stuff everywhere. So much so that we have a ton of podcasts that we have to do that <laughs> really gotta, drill into these dive, things. Yeah. So with that said, I do appreciate the fact that everyone was lying in bed listening with us and I talking know. with us. Hopefully it had, we had some things for you to think about and 
whether reflect on what you're doing in your life Mm -hmm. for your own personal development or some ideas for some things that might help you. And hopefully it's enough of an interest that you'll keep coming back for more like you have been so that we can learn how to better love together. All right, y'all. All All right. Until next week where we dive into some of this. Enjoy your week. Have a great time. Thank you for talking your poly off with Bella and Monsina. You can find our Facebook page in the links or by searching for I Love Polly and liking the page Polyamory Get Your Heart On. You can also find I Love Polly on Instagram and Twitter by searching I Love Polly Cares. If you want us to help you navigate to all of our online presence, check out the show notes or come on over to ilovepolly.org. We would love to hear from you. That's right. And you can get in touch with us by emailing podcast at ilovepoly.org. That's singular podcast, not plural. So until our next discussion, Polly and fam. Live like there's no tomorrow. Laugh until it hurts. And and love love without without limits. limits.